Welcome to the Dog Mum Mindset Podcast, where we talk dogs, behaviour, your lifestyle and everything in between. I'm Lauren Hewitt-Watts and today I'm going to talk about the five good habits to start as a dog parent. What I wanted to discuss is things that we can start to implement to make our lives better and to make our dogs' lives better as well. So I've got five things that I focus on and they're probably not going to be the typical things you think of. So they're not really training focused. They're more thing mindset things, I think, if we're going to call them anything. So first one is advocating for your dog and having good boundaries. Now, I talk about this a lot. I've talked about this as a professional, as a dog trainer, but I also talk about this as a dog parent. And having good boundaries means being able to protect yourself and your dog and live your life in the way that you see fit, especially when you know that you're doing the right thing and you're getting the right help and the right support and you wholeheartedly know that what you're doing is the best thing for your dog. It's very difficult because everyone has got an opinion. Even people who don't own dogs seem to still have an opinion. Everyone wants to make comments. I get comments when I go out with Alto all the time. You know, it's and not usually lighthearted, fun. You know, people love to comment. People love to say things. And what can be really difficult is when we feel like they're saying things or they're doing things and we don't we're stuck in that that not knowing what to do now I think if we've got good boundaries and we've got good ways of standing up for ourselves and standing up for our dogs then that is something that can make your life a lot easier but it's not always easy to do and I tend to find people who struggle with boundaries in general struggle with boundaries with their dog um you know protecting other people protecting their dog from other people so what you want to think of is situations where you feel like other people and maybe other dogs not the dog's fault it's the people's fault but other dogs make you and your dog feel stressed or make you be put in a situation that you don't want to be put in now a really common example is being out on a walk and having unfamiliar dogs run over to your dog really common it happens all the time it's the biggest bugbear of most a lot of people who listen to this are probably going to think of this as one of their big big things that they they don't like happening so in that situation what you want to start doing is putting into place a way, uh, a a word, a message, um, an action, something that you do that is going to decrease this from happening. And I go into this in quite a lot of detail actually in one of my courses, which is the Dogma Mindset Experience, which will be coming out actually this this year again. Um, So I go into loads of detail and practical ways to deal with this. But for today, I just want you to think about what are situations that you and your dog don't like and what are actions, what is a sentence, what is a way that you can avoid these situations from happening. And also to go with that, I think it's not feeling guilty about that. You don't need to feel guilty if your dog doesn't like other dogs coming over to them. You don't need to feel guilty if they don't really like strangers stroking them or they don't want lots of people coming up to them when they're sat in their crates relaxing. There's nothing wrong with that and there's nothing wrong with having those boundaries and it makes you a a better I think, dog parent to be able to stand up for those things. I think the difficulty comes when you kind of have this half-formed thought in your head that, oh, I don't really think my dog likes that. And then someone lets their dog come over and then you're thinking, oh, you know, I kind of want to say something, but I don't know if I'm allowed to because it should be quite a normal behaviour. That's where we get into conflict with ourselves because we think, I don't want this to happen, but I should want this to happen because that's what everyone else says is normal. So I definitely think having those boundaries in place can be an amazing habit to start. It's not easy. Easy, but it is something that your dog will really thank you for and I am very strict on mine I'm very clear if I don't want dogs to come over 
I will not let them come over. There, there, there is no way I will let other dogs come over. You know, Alta, he's slightly older now. He's still in his prime of life. I always say he's still in his prime, in his midlife. I never like to say he's old or older. Um, but equally, he, he doesn't want, you know, boisterous male dogs in his face. And I don't want that either. So we make it very clear that we don't want that to happen. So I think this is kind of giving you permission to have those boundaries and to go away and think about what those boundaries can be and just to reiterate that those boundaries can be whatever you want them to be so whatever will keep you and your dog safe it doesn't matter what other people want to do if you don't want people stroking your dog people don't stroke your dog so that's that's absolutely fine to have those boundaries the next good habit is having patience with your dog and it seems like a bit of an odd one I was like oh does it really fit but it does because I think it becomes whatever we do whatever we practice it becomes our norm so if we are constantly getting flustered with our dog and we're constantly getting fed up and we're constantly thinking oh come on like you know I need to sit down I need to get on with something and you're bugging me and you're getting annoyed with them the more you get annoyed the more you will feel annoyed the more you feel something the more you'll do it so the more patience we have our dogs the more we'll develop it and I would say being when I worked in person as a dog trainer behaviorist that taught me the most patience I've ever had in my whole life because you have to learn to think of things from their level and to not always rush things and not always want them to do things and one of the the things I see is when people are walking their dogs is um they'll you know get frustrated if they keep pulling or they'll get frustrated that they're not learning to walk to lead or they'll get frustrated their dog's not going in the direction they want to go in and the more you get frustrated the more you pull on the lead and the more you try and get them to come with you the the less they're going to be able to focus on you and the less they're going to want to to move with you or or, or focus on you so I think patience as as a dog parent can be such a good trait to have you should find that you're developing it anyway but I think you know, next time you find yourself getting frustrated, it's it's thinking, okay, instead of feeling frustration, what can I do in this situation? And what do they actually need? You know, for whatever your dog's doing, my dog just barked in the background, um, whatever they're doing, what, what can you, how can you test this patience? Because it's something that I think as well today, we don't have a huge amount of practice with you know if we want something, you order it. If you want something, you've got Amazon Prime, you get it the next day. Um, or if you want something you know want to look something up you can't remember the name of a film you go straight to google and you google it on your phone there's there's not that much that gets us to practice this skill i don't think anymore these days Um, i suppose there's different crafts there's different um creative outlets you can have that but it's something that i find people are prone to go to frustration and getting cross rather than thinking okay let's slow it down a little bit particularly if you're teaching your dog something new um, and particularly actually not even if you're teaching you know teaching a puppy most people don't get that frustrated teaching their puppies sit and paw because it's really fun but when you're trying to teach your dog something like don't jump up at me and you're trying to teach them and they're jumping up at you that's when it takes the time or you're trying to teach them and they haven't got it it's when you feel like I just spent half an hour trying to train you this and you've just jumped up at me that's when patience comes in because if you can see the long game when it comes to you know treating behavior problems and when it comes to working with your dog that's going to be hugely beneficial now number three is tracking and I've written tracking down and what I mean by this is is tracking writing down or keeping a track of or keeping a log of things with your dog so this can be anything so if you're working on a behavior 
then it can be their behavior. If it's their health, then it can be tracking their health. If it's um, doing some extra training, it can be tracking doing that. Now, this isn't to get you stuck in loads of paperwork and writing everything down, but it does help. So the things that I track for Alto is I track his general health. So if he has a really bad flare up or something, if he has an upset tummy, you know, if he seems a bit off, I'll track that. And I'll also, if I'm training a dog or if I'm working with someone with separation we do a lot of tracking with that and the reason for this is that it's very easy to not see progress and this kind of goes back to the patients that you only see something when you look back on it so if you start to track something and you think okay day one I've started working on my dog's separation but I've started working on the barrier training element of it and on day one my dog cannot even go behind a barrier um for example if you were working on separation so i'm teaching them to accept the barrier being up without me even going past it if you track that every day and you did something for 10 days it might look like day 10 i can sit behind the barrier and give them a couple of treats and step away it might look something like that and that will give you something to look back on and feel proud of whereas if we don't track it it can feel sometimes it can feel slow and it can feel like we're not going anywhere or things feel very random and I think that can be difficult for us as as dog parents as dog trainers but also for our dogs because we're not really reading what's going on there so I think you know just literally having your phone um it's what I do I just have an alto tab in my phone in my notes and just write down dates and what's going on that is the most basic thing you can do and just do it in the morning do it when you notice it um just keep these things up because it helps and you know if I'm looking at anything if I'm looking at Alto's health for example I've got really nice lists of food that he's tried and um flare-ups that he's had so I can go back and I can look at any patterns that are coming up there as well so yes tracking your progress is going to be a life changer if you get into that and yeah don't think it's scary it can be really really easy when you do this so I've spoken about advocating for your dog and patience and tracking and what comes into this I think is good time management as a dog parent now I want you to remember that when you live with a dog and when you're the carer for that dog you don't have as much time as someone who doesn't have a dog if you literally put you side by side your time you you, you've got I mean I don't even want to put how much time my dog probably takes up without even thinking about it. But it's going to be, I mean, at least an hour of your day at the very bare minimum. I mean, I can't imagine it would be as small as that, but but that's that's extra time that, that someone without a dog wouldn't have. So I want you to think about when you feel really busy, you do have to account for these extra things that you need to do. You do need to account for your dog's walks and their enrichment and their feeding and their training and their grooming and their vet visits. You've got all of these extra things you want to think about. So instead of trying to act like somebody, you know, someone else that doesn't have a dog and you're just trying to get forward and and do things with that, you do have to account for these things. And although I don't agree when people say, oh, your dog's going to take up all your time, you shouldn't get one because the time is is a joy I do also think that when when you've got one you need to account for those things that are going to take up the time so again when it comes to time management I have covered this in more detail in the um, course that I have coming out um, but it's basically looking at uh, where your time and your energy go and how you can balance this and also to help you not feel guilty about these things and and about trying to squidge them in so for example if you had to walk your dog before work every day um that instead of saying oh I've got to walk them I'm going to squidge it in is there a way you can adjust your time a little bit so actually that walk becomes an important part of your day it's something that you enjoy so that you look look towards 
rather than it being like, oh, I've got to squeeze in a walk. I don't have any time. And also look at your, you know, how energetic you feel. You might be someone that doesn't really walk very well first thing in the morning. You might need to do it later on in the day, whenever that fits in with you. But it's it's looking at these things and saying, okay, this is a non-negotiable. Your dog's walks and your, your dog's care is non-negotiable. So how can you make that a better part of your day? And I speak from experience because I, when I was really busy, um, you know, it, it was very difficult. I'd walk out, but I wouldn't go on. There used to be a lovely walk that where we used to live and it was down towards like the heath and, and some woods and things like that. And I would get to the point and I'd think, I can't I can't walk there because I've got so much to do. Um, and it was only me booking in my own time. So, but, it, but I was so stressed by the time pressures that I had that I felt like I couldn't go on the walks that we wanted because I had to cut them short because I had so much other things to do. When I learned more about adjusting time, and adjusting my, I suppose, priorities, I then found that actually that walk wasn't that much longer than the walk I was doing. It was just my mindset around it because I felt like I couldn't allow myself to have that. So there's a lot more to say about time tracking. And obviously, you know, if you're, you've got children, you've got a full-time job, you've got a house to look after, you've got more than one dog, you know, your time is, is very, very precious. So it's, this isn't meant to be like a glib, like, oh, just arrange your time. It will be easy. Cause I know from experience how difficult it is, but I suppose the good habit to get into is to look at, you know, are there, look at it, look at your time management, um, do something about it. How, how can you delve into your time management better so you're not feeling so stressed and this feeds into you know if you're less stressed you find it easier to have boundaries I mean if you have boundaries you feel less stressed and then you're going to have more patience and then you can start to track and you'll start to see that everything increases so these all have amazing effects so yes working out your time management and improving on that will be a really good habit to get into the last one so number five is just I've just put practicing so practicing things with your dog because I think it becomes very easy to want to do all of these things and kind of start out and then burn yourself out by doing it but I think getting into a good habit of having a little practice of something every day if you can will be perfect and that can be whatever you want it to look like it could be just getting your dog to practice sitting when you put the lead on it could be um you know, getting your dog to practice waiting quietly while you prepare their dinner. It can be anything that's easy. And again, this goes back to your time management and and fitting in where you can fit these things. But I think practicing things that you want your dog to improve on, but also easy things. So it doesn't have to be those really difficult things. It can be just, just practicing a few sits and a few downs and a few heels or whatever you want to do. But just getting yourself into that mode, the more you practice, the more you'll see the good results. So just bringing that practice into every day however you and your dog want that to look and however will work best for you and your dog um would be absolutely brilliant and I think this kind of covers the whole training element so the good habit to get into is of course train your dog more but I think instead of just I'm going to train my dog more and I'm going to spend half an hour at the weekend doing my dog and taking my dog to a dog training class then that's going to be it just these little tiny bits of practice each day can be really useful and from what I know from working with clients and separation and puppies is those small little practices getting that into a habit each day is so useful so um, we do something called safety rituals and practicing that as part of your day-to-day routine is just it changes the whole dynamic and it's incredible for such a small practice to do daily and such an easy thing. So practice, and I think practicing the easy things to build up those foundations is going to be absolute gold for you. So I'm going to just recap. So we've got five good habits to start as a dog parent. So we've got advocating for your dog and having good boundaries, 
having more patience with your dog, tracking whatever it is you want to focus on with your dog, looking at your time management and just being aware of that and practicing daily tasks with your dog to just make everything really beautiful. As always, I hope you have really enjoyed this episode. I obviously enjoyed uh, recording it. It's nice to think of these habits and to think about um, myself as well and things that I can get into. So do leave me a lovely five-star review if you've enjoyed it because that really just, it helps the podcast grow loads. The podcast has been um, amazing so far and just your support is always, always appreciated. And if you've enjoyed it, you can message me on Instagram at dogmummindset um, or contact at dogmummindset.com and just message anything you'd like to hear, any guests you'd like to come on, um, any thoughts on the five good habits, anything that you would suggest as well. I would love to know. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye.